بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على حبيب الله سيدنا ومولانا محمد بن عبد الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه أما بعد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في كتابه المجيد بعد عوض بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وقول الحق من ربكم فمن شاء فليؤمن ومن شاء فليكفر إنا أعتدنا للظالمين نارا أحاط بهم سرادقها وإن يستغيثوا يغاثوا بماء كالمهل يشوي الوجوه بئس الشراب وساءت مرتفقا إن الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات إنا لا نضيع أجر من إنا لا نضيع أجر من أحسن عملا أولئك لهم جنات عدن جنات عدن تجري من تحتهم الأنهار يحلون فيها من أساور من ذهب ويلبسون ثيابا ويلبسون ثيابا خضرا من سندس وإستبرق متكئين فيها على الأرائك نعم الثواب وحسنت مرتفقا صدق الله العظيم The last ayah that we covered last week <coughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that you should adopt the company of those who remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala day and night. Wasbir nafsaka ma'al ladheena yad'oona rabbahum. Adopt the company of those individuals. Yani the command Allah ta'ala gave to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he should adopt the company of those who remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala day and night. Individuals who recite the Qur'an, who understand the Qur'an, who are there to learn the Qur'an, who try to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the guidance of the Qur'an. You know, uh, Mufti Hassan, mashallah, said it very beautifully. Many of us, we know a couple of surahs of the Qur'an, and that's the extent of our knowledge of the Qur'an. We know a couple of surahs of the Qur'an, those are the surahs that we read in the prayer, those are the surahs, if Allah Ta'ala gives us tawfiq, maybe we know the translation, maybe we don't know the translation, but that's the limit, that's the limit of our knowledge of the Qur'an. The fact of the matter is the whole Qur'an is revealed from Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala and the whole Qur'an serves as guidance for mankind. And of course, definitely a person will not be able to truly understand and appreciate the Qur'an without, uh, without the guidance of the Prophet ﷺ because the Qur'an was revealed to the Prophet ﷺ. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded the Prophet ﷺ, be with them. If you want to know what the truth is, if you want to know what, what falsehood is, falsehood is, if you want to know what the right path is, if you want to know the path that leads to Jannah is, you want to know what the path of, uh, that leads to Jahannam is, well everything is laid out, clarified to you here. And so now in the next ayah, that's what the, the next ayah begins with. And say, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, قُلْ is a command. Say, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to them, الْحَقُّ مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ The truth is from your Lord. The truth is from your Lord. Yani, every single thing that you are bringing now here, it is all the truth and it is coming from your Lord. Everything is clarified. You know, in Urdu there's a statement, we say, Dood ka dood, pani ka pani. Every single thing is, is clear, is separated. If you want to know the right path, well here it is. If you want to know what the path to Jahannam is, it's here. We've clarified it for you, every single thing. وَقُلِ الْحَقُّ مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ So, now, فَمَنْ شَاءَ فَلْيُؤْمِنْ Whoever wants, let him believe. He should believe. 
وَمَنْ شَاءَ فَلْيَكْفُرْ And whoever wants, he should disbelieve. Now this command, so those who are studying Arabic, you know that فَلْيُؤْمِنْ is, is coming from لِيُؤْمِنْ and فَلْيَكْفُرْ is لِيَكْفُرْ the, the lamb that is there is for Amar. It's a command. But the command sometimes comes to order the person to do something and sometimes the command has a different meaning. Okay, sometimes the command has another meaning. In this case, there's a different meaning. And the meaning is, we're giving you the option. That doesn't mean that, okay, you're free in the sense that if you want to believe, go ahead, believe. If you don't want to believe, okay, no problem, it's all good. That's not the meaning here. And the best example I can give is, you know, sometimes when parents get upset, uh, their, their child wants to do something. And the parent told them, no, don't do it. But they keep on insisting, no, I'm going to do it, I want to do it. So what does the parent say? Okay, go ahead and do it. Okay, do it. What is that? It's not permission. Any individual who understands that, they know that's not permission that's being given to, from the parent. That's a warning, that's a threat. Go ahead and do it. What's, what's behind it? You'll see what will happen afterwards. That's what it is here. فَمَنْ شَاءَ فَلْيُؤْمِنْ وَمَنْ شَاءَ فَلْيَكْفُرْ Whoever wants to believe, go ahead and believe. And whoever wants to disbelieve, disbelieve. And how do we know that's the meaning? Because what the following says, إِنَّا أَعْتَدْنَا لِلظَّالِمِينَ نَارًا We have prepared for the wrongdoers, for the transgressors, we have prepared for them a fire. That is the dalil, that is the evidence that here فَلْيَكْفُرْ is not an option in the sense that okay, go ahead, there's no repercussion for it. Okay, there's no repercussion for it. No, there will be repercussion. Here, uh, I want to add a, a side point. The command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is of two types. One we call hukum takwini, and the other is hukum tashiri'i. Hukum takwini is that command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that runs the universe. That's the thing, that's the command of Allah that happens where no one has a choice. The way we're born, how we look, uh, 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 what happens in the universe. Rain coming down, and so on and so forth. These are all part of hukum takwini, where we don't have any option, we don't have any choice regarding that. Calamities that befall sometimes, we do not have uh, uh, the control over them. Then you have hukum tashri'i. Hukum tashri'i is basically that command which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala directs at his, to His servants. That this is what I command you to do. In that, human beings have the option. They have ikhtiyar. Ikhtiyar in the sense that you can choose to follow that command or you can choose to not follow that command. But it's not a, it's not a choice in the sense where it's optional. It's a choice where I have given you the freedom to decide what you need to do. However, let it be known that if you choose this, this is what's going to happen. And if you choose this, this is what's going to happen. But it is your choice. It is your choice. That's why if you follow the command, there is reward for you. And if you don't follow the command, there's punishment. There's punishment. The reward and punishment are there because insan has the choice. It's because insan has choice. Otherwise, if there's no choice, then there would be no need for reward and punishment. Those individuals, you know, you hear very often, we're majboor. We're maj You're not majboor, you have the option. So somebody has an anger issue. He, he gets mad all the time. I'm majboor. I, I'm majboor. I, I'm, 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 uh, 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 I don't have control over it. I don't have an option. No, you do have an option. Huh? There are ways, there are steps that you can take to help control that anger, but don't give that excuse. That's an excuse. There's one time uh, an individual uh, who came to a shaykh and he said, I, you know, I have some questions. And he, he, his actual purpose behind the questions was not to actually learn, it was to, to kind of uh, criticize. 
and to, to, you know, sometimes some individuals, they ask a question, not because they want to, to learn, it's just they want to impose their own views. So he said, you know, if jinn are created from fire, how are they going to be punished in Jahannam? Jahannam is fire, and the jinn is created from fire, how are they going to be punished? And then the second question, if we're, you know, uh, 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 we are majboor, you know, we don't have control over what we do. So why are we going to be punished and rewarded? You see, you know, uh, uh, individuals, if you say taqdeer, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, everything is written, everything is written by Allah ta'ala, that means we don't have an option. Everything is done by, by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I don't have an option. So why am I punished for it? So the shaykh, he, you know, he, he took a, and although this is not something that we would do today, if you have a question you ask, inshallah, we'll try to answer. But he took, a, he took some dirt and he hit him with it. And mashallah, ruwabza started coming down. Huh? Blood started coming down. So he said, what did you do this for? He said, I don't have any control. I'm majboor. He said, no, 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 you did. No, 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 you said it. <laughs> I'm majboor, I don't have any control. He said, no, but I, I'm, I don't have any control. This person, he realized then, no, yes, we do have an option. We have an option. And at the same time, it answered the second question. The first question, which was, well, if, if you are created from dirt, well, how is it that the dirt that I hit you with is causing you to bleed? You're, you're, you're in pain. So likewise, even though Jahannam is made from fire, and jinn are also made from fire, those jinn that deserve Jahannam, they will go into Jahannam, and Jahannam will be equally tormenting. Just like if someone were to pile dirt on you and throw dirt and dust on you, it could, be, uh, it could hurt you. The actual matter is that when it comes to the jinn, is that their more dominant element that they're made from is fire. Doesn't mean that's the only thing that they're made from. Is that the dominant element that they're made from is fire. Just like human beings, the more dominant element that they are made from is dirt. Otherwise, insan also has, there is a degree, there's an element of fire within insan. That's where do you think the rage and anger comes from? Right? There's a degree, there's an element of fire, there's an element of water, there's an element of air within insan too. All of these different elements are within insan. But the more dominant of them is dirt. Okay? So, uh, uh, I was mentioning that, yeah, so insan has the choice. Insan is not majboor in what he, he, he can or cannot do. He has the choice. When we talk about the taqdeer of Allah Ta'ala, the taqdeer of Allah Ta'ala basically means that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala has knowledge of every single thing that insan does. And his knowledge is perfect. His knowledge is perfect. I mentioned last week too. So the way that Allah Ta'ala's ilm is, we, because we are, we are confined to time and space, we have no other option uh, uh, to look at things except from time and space. So in that, that is something where taqween of Allah Ta'ala is there. That's something we don't have control over. We are made in such a way that we are confined to time and space. Allah Ta'ala created time and space. Time and space are creation of Allah Ta'ala. For Allah Ta'ala, there is no such thing as something was, something is, something will be. No, it's just, it's there. We have to think based on time. Something happened in the past, something is happening right now, something will happen. In the future, who will go into Jannah? Who will go into Jahannam? But in the law, it's there. And it's something to think about. In the law, it's not something that's going to happen. Those who are supposed to be in Jannah, those who will be in Jahannam, they're already there in the knowledge of Allah. It's there already. Because Allah Ta'ala is not confined by time and space. Now the true reality of what that means and what that is, of course, we insan are not able to, 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 to grasp that. We're not able to truly grasp that. Again, we're, these are our limitations now. In terms of our aql, these are our limitations. But if you really think about it, it's for us, Adam salam was. The anbiya were, they came, they're gone. But for Allah Ta'ala, it's not like that. It's not like that. It's all in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay? So again, it's a little difficult for us to understand these things. Why? Because our mind is confined. It's limited. Our knowledge, our intellect, these things are limited. So, فَمَنْ شَاءَ فَلْيُؤْمِنْ وَمَنْ شَاءَ فَلْيَكْفُرْ is related to 
the tashri' Yes, you are supposed to believe in Allah. You, are, you have been given all the evidences. Every single thing has been provided to you. Allah Ta'ala has made those faculties within you to recognize Allah. That's why very often when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the heavens and the earth and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about these things, He also mentions, Do they not think about this? Do they not ponder over the Qur'an? We have given you the faculty of knowledge for you to recognize Allah. For you to recognize Allah. That's what it's there for. It's strange, subhanAllah. I often say, you know, you take any of these even subjects, whether it's biology or chemistry, all of those things, if, 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 they're, if, they're, if they're studied and taught with a proper framework, they help you recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because there's, how can you have something so complex within something so simple? There's, there's like layers of complexity, yet there's simplicity in it. It's, it's garbed with simplicity. You take insan. Insan looks so simple. Two eyes, Two ears, a mouth, a nose. But subhanAllah, look at the complexity that goes within it. The ears. There's small little bones that are within the ears. There's an eardrum. How it takes the sound in. Any, it's ajeeb if you really think about it. How sound travels. And how it reaches your ear. How that allows you to hear. SubhanAllah. Your eyes. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm no, I, I don't have background in these things, but just a little bit that we studied in, in college, in high school and college. How the eye functions. How the rays, how light enters the eye. How it, how it sends that message to the brain. How, how it comes within, how it's reversed. How, how you perceive color. What are the, the, the colors that are perceivable? It's ajeeb subhanAllah. And all of that, if a tr person truly ponders over it, they'll recognize, yeah, subhanAllah, there's a creator. There's a creator behind all of that. There's a creator behind all of that. If I were to tell you that, you know, one day, you know, this area, there was nothing here. Those who know this area, they know there was nothing here. I just last week, the brother said, right, there's a dog pound here. And I said, you know, subhanAllah, over time, it just, it just came to be. The masjid just came to be. One day we were driving by, there was nothing, and the next day you come by, and all of a sudden, wow, there's a structure. Where did it come from? Nobody thinks of it that way. Right? Nobody questions, nobody brings this idea that, oh, it must have just come about. It must have just come about. We all recognize there must have been a lot of thought. There must have been a lot of thought put in to the construction of something so beautiful, something so magnificent. Just for example, the, the uh, calligraphy that you see within the dome, how much time must have been put in making sure that the measurements are all aligned properly in order for it to uh, uh, be, be uh, uh, put here. I remember when I was studying in Elgin, at that time the masjid was being built, and there was a, 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 a lady who came to do the, some certain designs on the on the, on the walls and on the pillars, on the columns. And the amount of time and precision that she was spending in, in making sure the utensils that she was using, it had to be completely precise. And somebody says, no, it was just done. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. So here also, the creation that you see in front, it is a creation. It is created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And all the faculty is given to you. To recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's all there for a person to be able to recognize Allah. What happens is, we get so preoccupied by our worldly affairs. We get so preoccupied with the way our life works. We're just so preoccupied in that, that we don't take time. We don't spend time thinking about these things. That's why you know people, individuals, there are those individuals you'll sometimes meet. Who they go, they go hiking, they go camping. They're not Muslims. But if you speak to them, you'll notice that in their kalam, they, they, when they speak, there's a little difference in their, in, their, in their speech compared to other individuals. They, they, they have a sense of, of a spirituality there. And perhaps if somebody were to just tell them about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if somebody were to talk to them about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, maybe that's enough for them to recognize, yes, there's Allah. Just uh, last Friday after Jum'ah, one individual uh, wanted to speak to me. He had converted to Islam. 
And so just after speaking to him for a little bit, he told me, he said, you know, I studied all the different religions. I studied all of these things. And nothing made sense to me like the way Islam made sense. It made sense to me. Right? So sometimes maybe it's just a little push that we need to give other individuals. A little bit of... And again, there, there, there are different factors when it comes to people accepting Islam. Sometimes what it is, is an, an individual looks at a person's akhlaq. That's enough for the person. He looks at the akhlaq of the individual, the conduct of the individual, and he says, this is how a Muslim is? Okay, I, I, this, if this is how a Muslim is, I want to be like that too. I want to be like that as well. Those who, who you hear say that, oh, Islam was spread by the sword. This is all subhanAllah. Islam was spread by... Huh, lands may have been conquered, but people were never forced to accept Islam. People were never forced to accept Islam. When the people saw, in fact, there's a narration that comes, that individuals were given the, uh, the option. If you want to accept Islam, you can accept Islam. There are, of course, more details to it. It's not as simple. But there were, in, in, the, in, in the farther lands outside of Arabia, many of the individuals used to live. And you read about the Khilaf of Umar radiallahu an, for example. There were people who were living within the Islamic government who had not accepted Islam. And they enjoyed their rights. There were Christians, there were Jews, there were even fire worshippers. They were living in these lands in the khilaf of Umar radiallahu an, and they were free to worship. Huh? There were certain limitations that they had, but they were free to worship. Why? What was it that caused them to accept Islam? You look at Imam Bukhari rahimahullah. You look at Imam Buhanifa rahimahullah. Their forefathers accepted Islam. They were not forced into Islam. And you know the evidence? What the evidence is that they, their forefathers were not forced into Islam? Is you have individuals like Imam Bukhari, Imam Buhanifa. Do you think that individuals of such great caliber who devoted, devoted their lives to the deen would come from families who were forced into Islam? It's not possible. Why? If you are forced to do something, you have, or for example, in the case of the deen, you are forced to accept Islam, what ends up happening? You're gonna have resentment. That resentment carries on to the next generation. That resentment carries on to the next generation. It continues. It's in the, always in their mind. We were forced, we were forced, our forefathers were forced. You couldn't produce people like Imam Bukhari who gave their whole life for the sake of the deen. Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah. Imam al-Shafi, Imam al-Shafi was from Arabs. But other, Imam Abu Dawood, Imam al-Tirmidhi, who are, who are from where? Modern day Uzbekistan. Imam Abu Dawood, modern day Afghanistan. These were not Arabian uh, countries. But... Their forefathers saw the Muslims, they saw the Sahaba, and that was enough for them, we accept Islam. You see today too, for example, in this very country, right, individuals who come from, their ancestors are from Africa. You see the kind of, of, of uh, a struggle that they have. They have it within their minds. Our forefathers were made slaves. We were brought here. Our forefathers were brought here as slaves. You see that within them. Even, even though it's been, you know, centuries, decades, slavery has been abolished. Yet, there are still those sentiments that are still within them. They feel it. Right? So similar, we can understand that these were individuals who were not forced into Islam. Huh. It is a command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that the faculties that I have given you, use those faculties to recognize me. All of these things are there for a person to recognize. Uh, any, uh, the person who thinks about Allah, who thinks about the creation, Allah Ta'ala says in the Qur'an, he'll come to the conclusion and he'll say what? رَبَّنَا مَا خَلَقْتَ هَذَا بَاطِلًا Ya Allah, you didn't create this for no reason. Ya Allah, you didn't create this. This is not nonsense. This is your creation, Ya Allah. He'll be able to recognize that. So, فَمَنْ شَاءَ فَلْيُؤْمِنْ وَمَنْ شَاءَ فَلْيَكْفُرْ إِنَّا أَعْتَدْنَا أَعْتَدْنَا We have prepared لِلظَّالِمِينَ For the transgressors A fire أَحَاطَ بِهِمْ سُرَادِقُهَا He says here, Indeed we have prepared for the godless wrongdoers a fire whose enclosures shall encompass them from every side. سُرَادِق in Arabic actually refers to a tent. It could be used for a tent, a large tent. Okay? And so when you're inside a tent, it covers you from all over. And so that's where this, this, uh, def this meaning is coming from. Whose enclosures shall encompass you. It comes in the ahadith that Jahannam, uh, 
the Jahannam is, is surrounded by four walls. And each wall is a distance of 70 years. It comes in another narration here. يُؤْتَى بِجَهَنَّمَ يَوْمَئِذٍ لَهَا سَبْعُونَ أَلْفَ زِمَامٍ مَعَ كُلِّ زِمَامٍ سَبْعُونَ أَلْفَ مَلِكٍ مَلَكٍ يَجُرُّونَهَا رواه مسلم That Jahannam will be bought on that day, on the day of judgment. It will have 70,000 zimam. Zimam, chains. 70,000 chains. And each chain will be pulled by 70,000 angels. Jahannam will have 70,000 chains. And each chain will be pulled by 70,000 angels. 70,000 angels. On that day, the people will be, it comes in the, the hadith that, uh, about the description of the fire of Jahannam. Prophet said, that the fire of Jahannam, once it was, uh, uh, in, when, once the fire was lit in it, 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 the fire continued for a thousand years until it turned red. It continued for, it was again lit of more, and it was, it continued until its color changed into white. And then again for another thousand years until the color of, of Jahannam became dark. Right now it is completely dark, the fire of Jahannam. To show how hot the fire of Jahannam is. In this ayah itself, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in the description of this ayah, Allah ta'ala says what? وَإِن يَسْتَغِيثُ إِسْتِغَاثَ يَسْتَغِيثُ Is to seek water. Is to seek water. And the background, it comes in the other narrations. What will happen is, uh, the people of Jahannam, when they're in Jahannam, they at some point in time, they will be very hungry. Part of their punishment will be there's no food. And so out of that hunger, they will ask for food. They'll ask for food. And so food will be brought. يُلْقَى عَلَىٰ أَهْلِ النَّارِ الْجُورِ Hunger will be placed on them. And so finally when they ask, يَسْتَغِيثُونَ فَيُغَاثُونَ بِطَعَامٍ مِّن ضَرِيعٍ They will be given ضَرِيعٍ ضَرِيعٍ is a type of plant that is very bitter. You cannot eat it, it's so bitter. And that's what they will have to eat. But they won't be able to eat it because of how bitter it is. So again, they will, be, they will ask, فَيَسْتَغِيثُونَ بِالطَعَامٍ They will again ask for more food. And this time what will be given to them? They will be given food that has thorns in them. But because of the extreme hunger, they will have no other option but to eat that. When they eat it, that, that those thorns will get stuck in their throat. What do you do when something gets stuck in your throat? You need some water. Gonna, so they're going to ask for water. Okay? They will ask for some water. They will ask for some drink. فَيُرْفَعُ إِلَيْهِمْ الْحَمِيمُ بِكَلَابِيبِ الْحَدِيدِ So, hamim, burning, boiling water will be brought to them in, on, on iron hooks. فَإِذَا دَنَتْ مِنْ وُجُوهِهِمْ When it gets close to their faces, شَوَتْ وُجُوهَهُمْ It will burn their faces, it will roast their faces. فَإِذَا دَخَلَتْ بُطُونَهُمْ قَطَّعَتْ مَا فِي بُطُونِهِمْ When the water goes through their stomach, it will burn everything that is within them. It will burn through all their intestines, their stomach. فَيَقُولُونَ أُدْعُوا خَزَنَةَ جَهَنَّمْ They'll say, call the خَزَنَةِ جَهَنَّمْ Call those who are in charge of Jahannam, the malaika who are in charge of Jahannam. So finally they will call, they will come. These malaika will say, these khazana of Jahannam will say, أَلَمْ تَكُوا تَأْتِيكُمْ رُسُلُكُمْ بِالْبَيِّنَاتِ Didn't messengers come to you? Didn't messengers come to you with clear signs and evidences and proofs? قَالُوا بَلَا They will say, yes, they did. They did come. قَالُوا فَدْعُوا They will say, continue calling. وَمَا دُعَاءُ الْكَافِرِينَ إِلَّا فِي ضَلَالِ But their calling will have no benefit. Who are they going to call? What are they going to call? قَفَائِلْنِ فَيَقُولُونَ أُدْعُوا مَالِكَ They will say, call Malik. Malik is the name of the, the main khazin, the main uh, 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 guard of Jahannam. His name is Malik. He said, call Malik. Malik will come. Ya Malik, liyaqdi alayna rabbuk. Allah Ta'ala mentions this in the Quran as well, in Surah Zukhruf. Ya Malik, liyaqdi alayna rabbuk. Tell Allah Ta'ala, let's it, finish it. And so he will respond, فَيُجِيبُهُمْ إِنَّكُمْ مَاكِثُونَ 
No, you, you will remain here forever. This is Jahannam. It comes in some narration. That just between them calling Malik and Malik's response to them, there's a thousand years. And to be very honest, even the thousand years that you see in the, these ahadith, some muhadithun say they're there just for you to understand the length of time. Otherwise, will it actually be a thousand years? Allah Ta'ala knows. It could be more. It could be more. That is Jahannam. And so here, when they seek water, they will be given. Generally, is used in normal sense. It's used for when somebody brings water. Here it's being said in a sarcastic tone. They will be given water. But what type of water? That will be like muhl. In Arabic, the word muhl has two possible meanings. One meaning is the one you see here. Molten brass. Can you imagine molten brass? Any, sometimes you just have to really sit and think. Any, we read it, but do we actually realize it? Imagine if there's molten brass that's in front of you. Molten brass. And somebody's asking you, take a sip of that. Can you imagine what that's gonna be like? We can't, we can't fathom what that's like. Molten brass. In another, uh, according to some uh, uh, grammarians and according to some scholars, and this also comes in the hadith, the al-muhl is in, in Urdu we call it taljat. It's uh, in, in English we call it dreg, D-R-E-G, dregs. So th- what is that? That's basically the sediment. You know if you're frying something, if you fry something, there's some sort of sediment that settles on the bottom of the pan. That is called muhl. That is al-muhl. And that happens when, when you're boiling the oil for a long time. And so the idea is here, is boiling oil. That the water will be like boiling oil. Kal-muhli. Yashwil wujuh. It comes in the narrations that when they bring the cup to their faces, their face will melt just from the steam of that. Just from the steam of that. How what a, 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 a what a wretched drink, what a woeful drink it will be, and what an evil place it will be of repose. Murtafaq, again, here all of these words are being used as a, as a, not a, for lack of a better word, sarcastically. Sarcastic in the way where murtafaq, uh, 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 literally in Arabic, it comes from the word mirfaq. Mirfaq means your elbow. So sometimes, you know, you use your elbow to recline on it, to rest on it. So murtafaq is then used for a place of reclining, for a place of rest. When you're reclining, it means what? You're resting. But here, wasa'at murtafaq, Allah Ta'ala is saying, this is your place of rest. This is your place of rest. That's the meaning that's coming here. Wasa'at murtafaq. What a wretched, what a horrible, what an evil place of, 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 of repose, of rest this is. Murtafaq. And where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the people of Jahannam, you will always see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also speaks about the people of Jannah. So right after this then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the people of Jannah. He says what? إِنَّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِنُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ إِنَّا لَا نُضِيعُ أَجْرَ مَنْ أَحْسَنَ عَمَلًا Indeed those who believe and do righteous actions, indeed we will not waste we will not waste the reward of one who perfected his actions. No action of yours that is done with ikhlas, which is done with iman, goes unnoticed by Allah. No action. I say to the students too, so you know, anything that you do, do it for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. Definitely sometimes it happens that there are two things, look. Any action that you're doing can have multiple intentions. But the primary intention should be for the sake of Allah. For example, you're doing something for your parents. You're doing something for your parents, something good. But the primary intention should be for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then yes, part of the hukum of Allah ta'ala is, you have to be good to your parents, serve your parents, do khidmah of your parents. But the primary intention should be for the sake of Allah. There are two things with this. Number one is, that when your primary intention is for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then the reward will be from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, are there times where you don't feel like doing khidmah? Anybody who's a child here with parents, you know there are days where you don't feel like doing khidmah of your parents. There are days where you don't want to listen to what your parents have to say. But because it's the hukum of Allah, what do you do? You swallow it. I have to do it. 
When a person does whatever he does for the sake of Allah, he no longer looks at, do I feel like doing it or do I not feel like doing it? Those of us who are married, you know there are days where <laughs> you don't want to listen. <laughs> you don't want to do uh, you know, the work around the, the house. <laughs> But you know, these are things that you have to do. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, خِيَارُكُمْ خِيَارُكُمْ لِأَهْلِهِ وَأَنَا خَيْرُكُمْ لِأَهْلِهِ The best of you are the ones who are the best to his family. And I'm the best to my family. Up now you have this hadith. And you know the, the, how Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was with his family. So then you think, so okay, I know I don't feel like doing this, but it's sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam I have to do. So even though you don't feel like doing it, you'll do it. Why? Because you made your primary goal and objective the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's one thing. Second thing is that we are all human beings. We all have weaknesses. We all, uh, we, we don't have the kind of attention and the kind of uh, focus and the kind of knowledge Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has. So for example, uh, sometimes it happens, you know, the spouse, he or she, they do something for you. Your parents, they do something for you. Your children, they do something for you. But here, our case, students sometimes do things for us. But we don't notice it. We don't realize it. A student came and he brought some water. I did not see which student it was. I don't know who brought it. It's our weakness. We're not able to, to, to know every single thing. Sometimes our spouse, you know, wife or husband, they do something for us and it just goes unnoticed. And then they have to tell, did you know I did this? Say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, yes, yes, mashallah. Right? It's because this is our weakness. So when we do something for someone else, if our primary intention is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, well, in the law, it will never go unnoticed. It will always go noticed. Even if people are not able to notice it. What happens is when you make your primary intention, the people, what will happen? You will always be frustrated. I do this for him, I do this for him, I do this from him. I do this for her, I do this for her. I do this for my parents, I do this for my children. You can list, uh, definitely each one of us, we do a lot for every people. But the problem is, people, uh, they don't have the capacity. But if you do it in the law, you will never be frustrated. Fine, he or she doesn't notice it, no problem. My Allah knows it. My Allah knows it. And the fact of the matter is, how much will people notice? At max, anybody who notices will notice it until you are alive, until they are alive. We remember, we reminisce about those who passed away who we knew. My grandfather, rahimahullah. Oh, mashallah. All the time, I, 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 what he taught me, I remember. But after I pass away, you know, I, I may share these stories with my kids, but my kids don't know who my grandfather was. It's gone. I, maybe I help some people here. Maybe I, I, I do something good. People who directly were in contact with me, they'll remember. But the generation who comes later, who, who, who am I to them? I'm simply a, a, a stone, a grave. I will become a gravestone on another, and a plot of land. Ahsan Sayyid. Born this year, died this year. That's all it becomes. But in the law, the action that you do will always be remembered by Allah Ta'ala. This servant of mine did this on this day at this time. Allah Ta'ala does not forget. Allah Ta'ala does not forget. So when you do any action, you do it for the sake of Allah. And Allah is saying what? <inaudible> we are not going to waste. You do something for us with iman and you do a good deed. <inaudible> Both of these things are there. And part of iman is ikhlas. Part of iman is ikhlas that you did it. Believing in Allah for the sake of Allah. And you did an action that is loved by Allah. That's why it's salih. We're not going to waste that action. That's why I tell people, I say, colleagues sometimes. You know, I, I have friends who were in masajid. Imam, for 10 years. After 10 years, you know, something's happened. Board changes. Board says, you know what? Assalamu alaikum. Now, I remember a friend of mine. Something like similar happened. He worked for a couple of years, subhanAllah, gave it his all. Afterwards, board changed. When the board changed, it said, Assalamu alaikum, we actually don't need an imam. Anybody can lead the prayer. Prayer is fard on us. Anybody will lead the prayer. No Bichara, he was so devastated. He was so devastated. He said, You know, so I'm never going to do imam. I said, hey, Look, you did it for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. I know, it's painful. It's part, part of human being. We want validation. Right? We do something, we want validation from people. And you know, to a certain extent, that's fine. But as I'm saying, your primary focus has to be Allah. 
You did it for the sake of Allah, of no matter. They kick you out, they do this to you, they do... And Allah, your reward is preserved. Huh. You may not see it right now. We as human beings, we want instant gratification. We want that the reward of what we do be given to us right now. But no, you have to have sabr. Be patient. Wasbir nafsak. That was the previous ayah. You have to be patient. You have to be patient. In the law, every action that you're doing is recorded. And as it is true for good deeds, it is also true for evil deeds. Any action that the person does is recorded by Allah. It's there. On Yawm Al-Qiyamah it will come. It will be brought. Khayran yara. He does any good deeds, he will see it. Sharran yara. He does any evil, he will see it. It will be right there. By on this, you will forget. We don't even remember. But subhanallah, it's there. On this day, at this time, you did this. What jawab do you have? What are we gonna say? What are we gonna say in the Allah? Ya Allah, any, Ya Allah, Allah protect us. Allah forgive us. Allah forgive us. It reminds me, my, my grandfather, rahimahullah, he, he used to love the, the poetry of Iqbal. And so there was one Farsi poet, poem of his that he, he loved so much that he had it printed and he had it distributed to the relatives. Okay? The last two lines of which were, Gartumi bini hisabam naguzir aznigahe Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam pinhabihi. That, Ya Allah, if you really have to take my hisab, if you really have to take my account, then Ya Allah, please don't do it in front of the Prophet Ya Allah, please don't do it in the front of the Prophet I mean, that individual who sacrificed his whole life for the sake of the ummah, and now we're coming in front, we're coming in front of him, and he's there watching, in front of the whole creation. You did this on this day, on this, at this time. You did this on this day, at this time. You did this on this, you don't even remember. All of that is there, all of that is recorded. And it's not, it's not difficult anymore. Alhamdulillah, we're living in a time where all of these things are actually realities. Everything that we're doing, there are cameras everywhere. People say, how will, everything, how will everything be recorded by Allah? How is everything going to be presented? Well, even if you read it in a book, you know, you don't remember. Somebody could write. You know, sometimes people, they write journals. So sometimes you look back at the journal, I, say, I don't remember doing this. I don't remember doing this. Everybody here, you don't believe? Here's a video. You did this. It's not difficult for Allah Ta'ala. On this day you did this, here, there's a stamp, stamp, you know, time mark on it. Look, you want to see, this is what you did. It's not difficult, Allah. Allah, nothing is difficult. So, any good deed that the person does will not go to waste, it will be counted. Man, and the, the word Allah Ta'ala uses, man ahsana amala. Ahsana yuhsinu, from bab if'al, ahsana yuhsinu ihsan. One of the meanings of it is to make something perfect. To do something as perfect as possible. And it is true that human beings are not able to reach perfection. However, what is demanded from them is not perfection itself. It's to try their best to aim for perfection. It's to aim for perfection. That's why in the Qur'an when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about parents, Allah ta'ala says what? وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا إِحْسَان Do ihsan with your parents. Why is ihsan? You then try your best to, 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 to deal with them, to do in the best manner possible. Why? Allah Ta'ala didn't say, وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ adla. Do adl with your parents. The fact of the matter is, you cannot do adl with your parents. The pain that your mother and father went through for your sake, how are you going to do justice to that? Well, the most you could do is quantify. Right? Quantify. Okay, my father, my mother spent, you calculate, okay, in, in a span of, X amount of years, my father and mother spent this much money. Okay, go ahead, give that money back to them. Even then, it will not be the same. Why? Because the quality of it will not be the same. That dollar that your father spent on you will not, is not the same as you spending a dollar on your parent. The love and the affection that they spent on you, you, you feel like, oh man, I have to spend it. For them, they don't think of it, that is my child. Okay, he says, okay, no problem. Right? So Allah Ta'ala said, وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانٌ Do ihsan with them. Try your best to, to, to surpass, try your best to do as best as you can. Because the fact of the matter, you won't be able to fulfill the true haqq of theirs. Now, granted, I know there are cases where sometimes 
uh, unfortunately, there are, you know, abuse and whatnot. Human beings, we, if a person finds himself in that type of scenario where their parents, uh, whenever we talk about these things, we do talk about it in a general sense. And I have to clarify this. Why? Because I remember one time I was asked to speak on this topic. And I, after I spoke, one person came to me and he, he started mentioning a bunch of stories of what happened to him and others. I said, I know, I understand. You know, uh, when we talk about these things, we talk about it in a, in a more general sense. Now, are there cases where parents have done abuse on their children? Yeah, unfortunately, there are cases like that. In the law, Allah Taala will they will they will be dealt with. But from our side, at the very least, forgive them. Ya Allah, okay, forgive them. It, it could be hard, but forgive them. That that is also better for us. Sometimes certain things you you forgive, you forgive, and you move on. Sometimes Allah Subhanahu wa Taala gives you comfort. Sometimes Allah Taala gives you contentment in place for that forgiveness. It comes in a hadith where one Sahabi came to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he said. Ya Rasulullah, so-and-so relative of mine, they always are horrible to me. Every time I try to join ties, they break it. Every time I try to do good to them, they do bad to me. Rasulullah said, no, continue doing good. He said, if what you're saying is true, then they will have to face it on the Day of Judgment, but you're, you're, you're clean, you're clear. That will be reward for you. From your side, you, too, you try to do it. Okay? One who tries to perfect his action, Allah Ta'ala will not waste that. For them, what is it? Ula'ik. Lahum jannatu adan. These are those for whom there are gardens of everlasting. Gardens everlasting. Adan here means everlasting, forever. That's something also, Allahu Akbar. How do you understand everlasting? How do you understand infinity? How do you understand for something being, you know, infinite? For something being forever, human beings cannot understand. But you will be in paradise forever. Once you enter paradise, there's no coming out of paradise. You're there forever. And in other places in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّ أَصْحَابَ الْجَنَّةِ الْيَوْمَ فِي شُغُلٍ فَاكِهُونَ Surah Yasin. Indeed, the, the residents of Jannah, they will be occupied. فِي شُغُلٍ They will be occupied in luxury and comfort. No sort of tiredness will come to them. That also shows us, you know, sometimes if a person is living in constant luxury, a person can say, oh, I'm bored of it. I need something new. Oh, there's no boredom in Jannah. There's no work in Jannah. Once you enter Jannah, you're sitting in your palace, you say, you know what? I don't like the color of this. I want to change. Oh, it's done. You don't have to worry. You don't have to hire anybody. You don't have to do it yourself. It's done. Right? Today, I feel like eating whatever is there. You want biryani? Oh, biryani is there. Best biryani, and chicken biryani, lamb biryani. No worry about cholesterol. <laughs> no worry about diabetes. No, you eat what you want. Allahu Akbar. This life, there are limit, limits. Everything has to be done with moderation. So yes, though Allah says, Kulu washrabu, eat and drink. Well, it has to be halal. And you have to also take care of your health. We have to take care of our health. I say this first to myself. We have to take care of our health. This is a ni'mah from Allah. Huh, once you enter Jannah, oh, no problem. You want to eat as much chocolate as you want, go ahead. No one to stop you. No worries about sugar. No, eat as much as you want. You want to eat meat, red meat, oh, no problem. Whatever you want, as you want it, there. Given. This is paradise. Allahu Akbar. We can't imagine. مَا لَا عَيْنٌ رَأَتْ وَلَا أُذُنٌ سَمِعَتْ وَلَا خَطَرَ عَلَىٰ قَلْبِ بَشَرٍ No human being can even imagine. Try to, you start to imagine, okay, this is how paradise might be, this is how paradise may be. Then you have to remind yourself, no, no, paradise is even greater than that. Sometimes some, some uh, people ask, they say, well, if paradise really has, you know, such amazing things, how come Allah Ta'ala talks about fruits that we know? Grapes. And we know grapes. Why, Allah Ta'ala, why is Allah Ta'ala mentioning grapes? So the thing is, even the fruits that are mentioned in the Qur'an regarding Jannah is there because, you know, insan naturally uh, is disinclined to things that he has no idea about. But things that are familiar, things you're familiar with, you feel comfortable with. Everybody knows, uh, you know, apple and grapes and oranges and all of these things. Those are no, you're no problem. But you go to the grocery store and then you see a dragon fruit, I, I don't know, I don't know what this is. <laughs> I, I don't. But would you like a slice of dragon fruit? Uh, I'm sorry. It's a, I don't know why, why is it called a dragon fruit. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, have you, I don't know if you've ever seen a, a, a rambutan. Isn't it a rambutan? Uh, it's, it's kind of like a lychee. You go to you know some of these stores, you see. And you anyone seen it? You look at it like oh, this looks like some sort of alien species. 
I, I don't want, please. It's a fruit. And somebody said, it's a fruit. I said, I've never seen it in my life. My forefathers never heard of this. I don't want it, please. <laughs> For Allah's sake, you know, you eat it. You enjoy it. SubhanAllah, there are different parts of the world, there are different things. Those who are in India and Pakistan, you know, SubhanAllah, there are fruits that you don't find here. Right? So Allah Ta'ala mentions those things that you're familiar with. Could there be in Jannah things that you have, you've never seen, you've never tasted? Yes. Allah Ta'ala doesn't mention it. Why? Because if Allah Ta'ala mentions something that you've never seen, that you've never tasted, you'll be like, I, I don't know what this is. <laughs> it's okay, I don't want it. So, But when you go there, you'll see, SubhanAllah. Palaces. Up here you see, okay, this is a, a palace, a, a big, beautiful house. In Jannah, it comes in the hadith that a, a one home could be made out of a single, single pearl. Single pearl. Carved into it, the person's home, within that pearl. Large. Bricks of gold and silver. Rubies and diamonds. Gems you've never seen. The, 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 the shine within them, the illumination within them, nothing in this world can compare to. Nothing in this world can compare to. Subhanallah. And within the individual, each individual will be, will be young. No, no, no such thing as old age. And when I say young, I don't mean the young of, this, of now, today's generation. Today's generation, we say young... We have people who are, mashallah, very young and they have back pain and they have this pain and that pain. No, not that type of young. No, the young of Jannah. No pain. Nothing to worry about. That is for them. Rivers flowing underneath them. What does that mean? Rivers flowing. Yani they have full control over them. Fir'aun said the same thing, right? What was his point in saying that? It's mentioned in the Quran. Saying what? I have full control, I have full dominion over this. Even the rivers flow beneath me. But for the people of Jannah, that will be true. Whatever, whatever you want to drink for you, present. They will be adorned with bracelets of gold. Gold in the dunya is haram on men. Now somebody can say, well, you know, because we, I've never worn gold in my life, won't we have some sort of, you know, uh, uh, some feeling of, of, uh, uh, of, you know, discomfort? If you're not used to, to something, like if a person grew up in an environment where they never wore jewelry, when they grew up, also if, if you're giving them jewelry, they, I don't feel like wearing it. After I got married, you know, everybody, they get the ring. You have to wear the ring and you know, uh, for me personally, I never wore, except for a watch, I never wore any jewelry. So for me, it was very difficult to wear the ring. But in the beginning, I had to wear it. After some time, you know, then you put it aside. You say, oh, I don't see the ring. I say, oh yeah, yeah it's, just, it's there. Right, sometimes, because you're, some people are not used to it, right? So someone can ask, well, in Jannah, how are you going to be adorned? Won't you feel uncomfortable with bracelets and bangles of gold? In some ahadith it comes that the gold bracelets that a person will wear will be till where he used to do wudu. And so you're doing wudu up until your whole arm will be full of bracelets of gold. It comes in one narration, Abu Hurair radiallahu anhu, he took the narration literally. And so the, the, the tabi'un used to see that he used to, when he used to make wudu, he used to make wudu up until here. Now although that's not the sunnah. But this was, you know, there are some individuals that something affects them so much that they make it their practice. So this statement of the Prophet affected him so much that he would make wudu up until here. But that's not the sunnah. It was something that kept, he kept with him. And so when he was asked, why do you make wudu up until... He says, so that I can, I can increase the light, the illumination. It comes in the hadith that on the day of judgment, Nabi Wasallam one time was with, with the sahaba and they were visiting Uhud. They were visiting the martyrs, the shuhada of Uhud. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said, I wish I could see our brothers. So the Sahaba radiallahu anhum said, Ya Rasulullah, aren't we your brothers? He said, no, you're my ashab, you're my companions. My brothers are those who will come later, who will come after. He said, Ya Rasulullah, how will we recognize our brothers? He said that you know a, a, a person who owns a horse that's, that's dark color and on its, on its forehead, in Arabic, we call it a ghurrah. 
Ghurram Muhajjal, where it has a white stripe, some sort of white, uh, I forget the actual name for it now. Um, but he has some sort of white on its, on its forehead, and on its feet, it also has white. If he's in front of, uh, or if, he's, if that horse is put among other horses that are just one color, they're all dark, will he be able to recognize his own horse? Yes, of course, he'll be able to recognize it. He'll be able to recognize. So likewise, on the day of judgment, the believers, their a'da, their limbs will shine because of the wudu that they used to perform in the dunya. Their faces will shine. Their hands will shine. Their feet will shine because of the wudu that they did in, in the dunya. And so in Jannah also, it will not feel uncomfortable. That will be the environment. You see, if you've ever seen portraits of, of the kings of the past, even some, some Muslim kings, you look at the, some portraits of the Mughal emperors or the, the Turkish sultans, right? you see the kind of you know, decor that they were with, what the kind of clothing that they would wear. It was part of it. When you're in Jannah, that will be the environment where you will be told, these are your clothes. يُحَلَّوْنَ فِيهَا مِنْ أَسَاوِرِ Bracelets, bangles of gold. وَيَلْبَسُونَ ثِيَابًا خُضْرًا Wearing clothing of green. مِنْ سُنْدُسْ istabraq. Sundus and istabraq are both silk. Except that sundus is, is, is a silk that's of a much lighter, lighter cloth. Okay, it's a lighter fabric of silk. And istabraq is a, a bit thicker. It's a bit thicker. It's not... Uh, it's not rough, but it's a thicker type of garment. Okay? Min sundusin wa istabraq. He translates as fine sarsinet and rich brocade. Istabraq. Muttakiina fiha ala al-araik. Reclining on their araik. Araik is a plural of arika. Arika is a, think of it like a, a bed or a throne, but that has a canopy on top. It says they shall recline therein on canopied couches. Yes, that's what it is. It's a, and they're not small. Oh no, no. They're not the ones that you find at, you know, the room place or Allah knows where. Oh no. They're top notch. Of Jannah. It's of Jannah. Canopied. Reclining. They will not see, you know, a sun coming on their eyes. They will be under shade. They will be in, in, in shade. They will be in shade. No discomfort. Here, it's cold. Oh, subhanAllah, we feel a little discomfort. Our hands are cold. Oh, there, no, it won't be so hot that you're sweating. It won't be so cold that you're, you know, shivering. No, it's, it's perfect temperature. Here, you have to worry. Oh, you know, the husband feels cold, the wife is feeling hot. So you have to, now you have beds that have separate temperature gauges. Okay, but I want this type of the thickness of my bed. Or I want this is how, you know, all of these things are there now today. You go to, to any of these stores, you have these mattresses, the temperature con temp control and, and softness control. Oh, why? Because each of the couples are different. So one who needs a bit more softer, he can control it. Uh, she wants it a little bit tougher, okay. If one is feeling a little extra hot, and one is feeling extra cold, okay, you control it. Over there, it's automatic. Don't worry, everything is already designed to your preference. Designed to your preference. What you like, what you desire, everything's there. Ah, but, but, this short life that we have, ayyuhal ikhwa, I say myself too, you have to follow the commandments of Allah. Even if you don't like it, even if it's difficult, you have to follow it. If you want to see that Jannah, well, you have to strive for that Jannah. You have to strive for it. In this dunya, you know, this is a, the, the law of this dunya. If you want to get anything, you have to sacrifice. You want to get into top position, whatever it may be, whatever field it may be, do you sacrifice? That person who is not ready to sacrifice in this life for anything related to this life, what is he going to expect? It's not going to expect very much. Except that in this dunya, it is possible that maybe you didn't sacrifice, but the people before you sacrificed, your parents sacrificed, your, great, your grandparents sacrificed, and because of the barak of them, you're enjoying it. That's possible in this dunya. But in the hereafter, your entry and your admission into Jannah will be based on your actions. No individual will bear the burden of another individual. There's no idea of somebody sacrificing his blood for you. No, you will be put on spot. Your actions that you do, they will be for you. Huh? Your actions, you do good, you try to strive. It is possible, we see, that sometimes our forefathers did a little more. 
They did more. They were able to wake up for tahajjud. They were able to recite more Quran. But we, we tried. We tried. So Allah Ta'ala regarding them says too. الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَاتَّبَعَتْهُمْ ذُرِّيَّتُهُمْ بِإِيمَانٍ أَلْحَقْنَا بِهِمْ ذُرِّيَّتَهُمْ وَمَا أَلَتْنَاهُمْ مِنْ عَمَلِهِمْ مِنْ شَيْءٍ Those children, those, for the people of Jannah who strive and who sacrifice, for them, for their Jannah, Allah Ta'ala will even bring their own children. Say, oh, even though their children may not have been at that level, but tell for the people of Jannah here. Your children will put them in the same rank. Even though they don't deserve this rank, we'll put them there. Why? For your sake. So you strive, we have to strive, we have to strive, we have to work hard. We have to, and the fact of the matter is very short time. This life, I, uh, any, uh, Allah Ta'ala give us the reality of this. Allah Ta'ala allow us to recognize this life is very short. We're here today, we're not going to be here one day. We're not going to be here one day. We are standing here, Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala has given us the tawfiq. Every day you hear. So-and-so has passed away, so-and-so has passed away. One day is gonna come where they're gonna come and they're gonna say, oh, your name is gonna be there. It's, it's a reality. It's a fact. And no one from any religion can deny it. There's no, no one can deny it. I mean, it doesn't matter whether you're Christian, you're, you're, you're a Jew, a Jew you're, you're a fire worshiper, you're an atheist. Even the atheists will have to say, yes, there's one day I have to die. Huh? It's just that they're, they're in speculation about what's gonna happen after. Here, as-sadiq al-masduq, the Prophet ﷺ has informed us, this is what's gonna happen. And we believe. We have to work for that. مُتَّكِئِينَ فِيهَا عَلَى الْأَرَى thawab. What a wonderful reward. Commendable reward. What a wonderful reward. نِعْمَ الثَّوَابِ وَحَسُنَتْ مُرْتَفَقَةً Over there Allah Ta'ala said what? بِئْسَ الشَّرَابُ وَسَاءَتْ مُرْتَفَقَةً Here Allah Ta'ala is saying what? نِعْمَ الثَّوَابِ وَحَسُنَتْ مُرْتَفَقَةً For you this is, what a beautiful place of comfort. What a, what a most excellent place of repose. That is what is awaiting us. So for the time that we're here, we have to work hard. We have to work hard. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to swallow our nafs. Our nafs tells us to do something against the command of Allah, just control it, be like, look, I have something waiting. For those who are not waiting for this in, in the hereafter, this is Jannah for them. Go ahead, do what you want. dunya sijnul mu'min wa jannatul kafir. This dunya is, a, is paradise for you. Do what you want. But for those who want what is awaiting, what is awaiting for them there, then strive, struggle. Strive, struggle, sacrifice, sacrifice for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us tawfiq. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from the fire of Jahannam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, uh, allow us to enter into Jannah without any hisab. Develop within us the love. Give us the tawfiq to sacrifice for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We'll do a little bit of dhikr inshallah and then we'll uh, conclude with dua. <clears throat> <clears throat> لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله تعالى عليه وسلم لا إله إلا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله تعالى عليه وسلم لا إله إلا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله تعالى عليه وسلم لا إله إلا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله تعالى عليه وسلم لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله تعالى عليه وسلم الله 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 